This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're still talking about faith. Go with me way back in the New Testament, about as far back as you can go before Revelations to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5. Now, a couple weeks ago, we started and we talked about there in uh, the Song of Solomon chapter 2, verses 15, it says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Even in the area of faith sometimes, it's the little things that we do or don't do that can, can short-circuit our faith. The first one we talked about was unforgiveness. And anytime I walk in unforgiveness, man, it, it cuts my faith. That's, that's based on Mark 11, 25 and 26 is where that's at. So get, get rid of unforgiveness. And I, I, I'm just going to step out here a little bit. The, the last couple days that I've been in prayer, I've got over and I, I, I can tell when God has wanted me to pray for people in our church very specifically. And one of the things I find out myself praying over and over and over is for ones of you, and it may locate you right here tonight, that some of you haven't been able to forgive yourself. That you won't forgive yourself. Some of you think, I, I was a bad daddy, I was a bad mother. Now, I'm going to step out of here, and I, I'm not here to judge or identify anybody. This is between you and God. But one of the big things that I've really sensed is women's that have uh, had abortions. And that if that's you tonight, God's saying, forgive yourself, okay? Just step out by faith and forgive yourself. And he'll forgive you. He'll help you through this. But God loves you. And I don't know who all that's for. That may be for several of you. But just take a hold of that. And say, okay, Father God. And it'll be a step of faith. But God will bless you. He'll help you. The second area we talked about was the, the, the worry. The second little fox was last week was worrying. In uh, Philippians chapter four, verse four, or chapter 4, verse 6, he said, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry and fret about nothing. Now, that tied in the parable of the sower when it came out, and he said that many people, the word of God is choked out because the cares of this world. And what happens with the cares of this world is I start worrying. I live in a constant state of worry, and it literally sucks the things of God out of me. Now, tonight, we're going to hit another one. And this one is, is going to deal with the, the spirit of fear, fear itself. And in saying that, what, what is the biggest fear that you have? What is the biggest fear you have in your life? And what does it keep you from doing or achieving? Now, Vine's definition of fear literally uses the word flight or to run from. The problem from fear that when you read the word flight, it, it prevents me from progressing in life. It prevents me from fulfilling my destiny. And so when you see the definition of fear is flight, to run from, it tells me that if I keep allowing fear to chase after me and cause me to run, I'm never going to get away from it. So I've got to stand up to areas of fear in my life. And every one of us have different types of fear. So what will happen tonight is you'll see that there's a battle between faith and fear. When faith is present, fear isn't present. But when fear is present, faith isn't there. And really, the, the easiest way to say this, 
what you serve will be what you fear. And I can be dominated by things and fear. So we start in, in 1 John 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, if you've been born again, you're born of God, and there is a DNA on the inside of you that says you overcome the world. Actually, Revelations 12, 11 says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So there's something that happens to me when I give my heart to Jesus. He goes on to say, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. Our faith brings victory over the world. So again, we look at what is our faith based on? It's based on, on, on the Lord Jesus. Our faith is based on the word of God. So he's telling me here, get a hold of the things of God. Faith is believing God. Faith is believing Jesus. Faith is believing the word above my circumstances, above my where I say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I don't care what it looks like, I'm going to trust you. Now, turn one page here and go back with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is in this world, so are we. Now, hang on to that thought tonight. As he is, as Jesus is, where? In heaven? No. It says, as he is in this world, so are we. When Jesus operated the way he did in this place called earth, he's telling me right here, as he is in this world, so are you. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. The word fear right there in the Greek signifies Flight, once again. That's what the Greek word means. Which causes flight, which causes terror, or which causes dread. But he said, there is no fear in love. When we hang around the love of God, the antidote for fear is the love of God. The love of God will just diminish it. It'll melt it. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love does. Because fear involves torment. Now, I want you to think about what, what he just said right there. Fear involves torment. The goal of fear is to torment every one of us. There's different definitions that it talks about. The, the, the torment wants to, to uh, beat us up. It wants to enslave us. It, it wants to punish us. Fear involves torment. Now, just think about that statement right there. Is there an area of your life where fear dominates you to the point of there's, there's torment? You can always tell in your life, I can tell in my own life, when fear is at work in me or is influencing me. You know what happens? There's a sense of panic. There's a sense that it'll paralyze me. There's even a sense of paranoia. Just think about the areas in your life that it can do things like that to you. And so fear involves torment. Now let me just say this. It can manifest to every one of us in this room in a different way. No matter what, what Jason would tell me his fear is, I wouldn't laugh at that. 
because I understand it's real. People have fear of airplanes. People have fear of heights, fear of water, fear of confined spaces, fear of the dark. And at times we can look at those things and we say, why would anybody be afraid of that? Well, why are you afraid of the things you're afraid of? So again, it manifests itself in different ways to every one of us. But understand this, it is real. Fear involves torment. So look what he goes on to say. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We loved him because he first loved us. And so when you get to see this stuff right here, he's telling me that if I get over into the love of God, it'll take care of that. The way I get over into the love of God, I just start hanging out with God. And I start fellowshipping with God. And God will put a great love in you. Now, I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Back to your left just a little bit. And the Bible is going to give us a very clear definition of fear. Now, remember, fear torments. That's, That's the ultimate goal is to torment you. In any way it can. So we go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's just start in verse 5. He said here, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is it in you also. Therefore, I remind you, and he's talking to Timothy here. He said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Now, right here, he was saying, listen, Timothy, you had faith, genuine faith established in your life because you heard your mother Lois or your grandmother Lois or your mother Eunice, whichever one, I get them backwards. But you heard the things they talked to you as a child. It's very important that you get the Word of God in your children at this age right here. Your children can learn the Word of God. I don't care what age they are, they can begin to learn the Word of God. So he's telling in this, and then he gives us an insight. He said, sometimes we need people, just people, human beings, not superheroes, that have a mask or a cape on, just people that believe God, that will lay hands on us. And he said, through the laying on of hands, It'll stir that faith back up on the inside of you. That's biblical. Verse 7. Now, he's been talking about genuine faith. Now, watch what happens in verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, you got to get a hold of that right there. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He makes that plain and simple. God is not the author of the spirit of fear. So if God says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, who do you think is responsible for that? It's the devil. It's the devil. Now, if you'll note in here, he said God has not given us a spirit of fear. He calls fear a spirit. An angel is a spirit. Father God is a spirit. Just because I can't see with my natural eyes the things in the spirit realm doesn't mean it's not real. See, it's like the little boy and the little girl. They're playing on the playground one day, and the little girl said, 
looked up in the sky and the little boy looked up there and she said, that's where God lives. And the little boy looked and said, I don't see God up there. And the teacher walks by and she hears their conversation and the teacher looks at the little boy and says, what do you see? And he said, I only see a blue sky. And the teacher said, yeah, that's exactly right because there is no God. And the little girl who asked the question looks at the little boy and he said, do you think has a brain? And he said, yeah. And she said, but do you see her brain? And he said, no, I don't see her brain, but do you believe she has a brain? Yeah, I believe she has a brain. So really, that analogy right there, just because I can't see things with my natural eye doesn't mean it's not true. It's like the wind. I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. It's the same with the spirit of fear. You might not have ever visibly seen the spirit of fear, but you've seen the effects of it when you pull the covers up over your head. So once again, just because I can't see it doesn't mean that it's not real. And so he gives us some insight here and he said, I have not given you a spirit of fear. So once again, God is not the source of fear. Fear's design again is to torment. It's to immobilize. It's to make you feel powerless. So look what goes on in verse 7. After he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. God's the author of power. He fills us with power according to Acts 1.8. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. He's telling me here, these are ways that you combat the spirit of fear. I've given you power. I've given you love. And we read about love. We just talked about it. 1 John 4.18, he said, perfect love casts out fear. And look at the last one, he said, and a sound mind. And a sound mind. Now, a sound mind doesn't mean someone who's not in the insane asylum, okay? That's not what he's talking about there. When he talks about a sound mind, he's talking about a human being that has their mind renewed to the word of God, according to Romans 12, 2. Therefore, be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. Every one of us in this room, I've got to learn to get my mind renewed to the word of God. Now, this will be a bold statement. Your mind is not sound if it doesn't think in line with the word of God. I don't care who you are. You may think you are. And so right here, he's given us definitions of how we combat the spirit of fear. Now, the word of God is our blueprint. It's the master plan to how God wants every one of us to live. I don't know of one contractor that would ever start a project on a, on a business, on a house, on anything without a master plan. So why would Christians try to live their life without following the master plan, the Bible? It's what we got to do. We got to get a hold of the Bible in every area of our lives. Now go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4. We're really going to dig into this here now. Mark chapter 4. See, the way I apply the truth determines whether I'm going to walk by faith and overcome fear or fear is going to overcome me. It's going to happen, one of the two. Mark chapter 4. We will begin in verse 35 once you get there. Pastor, have you ever been dominated by fear? I have. 
I've had some fears. There are a couple I still have to work on right now. I, I have issues at times, and I speak the name of Jesus. If you ever see me delay before I get on an elevator, it's not because I don't like you. Sometimes when I get in confined spaces, it seems like everything closes in on me. I was at a water park with my grandkids, and they said, let's get on this and ride on I said, absolutely, Poppy will ride anything. And I got up there, and I realized it was an enclosed tube completely all the way down. I'm telling you, my, my body started freaking. I'm, t- I'm serious. This wasn't long ago. And I said right there in the name of Jesus, Father God, you said you hadn't given me a spirit of fear. So what would you do? you crawl back down the ladder and go home? No. I went down it, and I spoke the name of Jesus all the way down it. And so there's still areas in my life that I have to deal with those things. And if we have time tonight, I'll get into some of them in my own life that, that I'll show you biblically about how God taught me to get past that junk, to stand up to it, to quit running from it. Mark chapter 4. Now, this, this is a great passage on this. Begin with me in verse number 35. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So Jesus right here, he tells the boys, we're not going to go on a road trip. We're going to go on a boat trip. And he specifically tells them, we're going to go on to the other side. Now get that, guys. He said, we're going to go to the other side. Now, if I believe what Jesus said, and I trust what Jesus said, and I do what he's asked me to do, then I'm going to go to the other side with him. Now, I can choose to say, I'm not going on that trip. I'm not going to do that. Even though Jesus immediately said, boys, we're going to go to the other side. Verse 36. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boats. And he was on in another little boat. And he was also with them in another little boat. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now, when you see the windstorm, the waves, the boats filling with water, you know what this represents? It represents life. That when you serve God and you choose to walk by faith, you're going to experience windstorms. You're going to experience waves. You're going to experience the boat of your life filling up with water. And in this situation right here, you're going to have a great opportunity... To either live by faith, which is based on what Jesus said, or you're going to live by fear, which is based on the circumstances and the situation. One of the two. So they get on this boat with him, and they get out there, and the waves start rocking. And I really wonder if they look at each other and say, now wait a minute. He didn't mention that this was going to happen. But once again, this is the place where fear or faith is going to rise up. And when I choose to live by faith, I'll tell you guys, I got to step out. I got to step out. It's easy to live by faith when life is calm. How many figure that out? It doesn't take a lot of faith when everything's going right. Give you a little insight here as a, as a Christian. You're probably going to experience more stormy days than calm days. And I don't say that to say, whoa, I don't know if I want to be a Christian. I'm just telling you a fact. You're going to get an opportunity to believe God. Now, in this situation, when you're out and the storms of life come out, the devil is going to start saying to you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? And your reply is this. I'm going to the other side because Jesus said. See, the things that I do, based on me, it's based completely on Jesus said we're going to the other side. So no matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, I'm going to believe the word of God that's working mightily in me. And that's the key to this. So just think about this. Fear is after them. So watch this. Verse 38. But Jesus was in the stern asleep on the pillow. Now they're all freaking out. Fixing to die. Fighting over the life jackets. And Jesus is asleep on a pillow. And you may say, how could Jesus be asleep on a pillow in this situation? It's very easy. Jesus had already told them what was going to happen. Remember, he said in verse 35, we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. So do I trust him that he's going to do exactly what he said, regardless of the waves, the storms, the boat's filling, the boat's filling. Keep reading verse 38. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? That we are perishing. And you know what that was? That was nothing more than an assumption. They assumed that Jesus didn't care. They assumed, right? And this is how we are a lot of times as human beings. When anything in our life begins to rock us, a lot of times we blame God. God, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? Let me ask you this. How do you know that God's the one that's responsible for it? James 1.17 says, all that's good and perfect comes from him. So just because life is breaking out in all hell, don't assume that God doesn't care and don't assume that God's behind it all. Keep reading, verse 40. Verse 39. Then Jesus arose, rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace be still, And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now think about this just a second here. What do you think the wind and the waves were causing to the the, the disciples? I believe with all my heart here, they were causing fear. Wouldn't you agree? They were causing fear. So right here, as an example to the disciples, Jesus teaches them what to do. And he teaches me and you what to do. What he did. What did he do? He spoke to fear. He spoke to fear. That's what he did. Now, jump back with me weeks ago, Mark 11, 23. He said, and you shall say to this mountain. So in this situation right here, Jesus not only speaks to the spirit of fear, he speaks to this mountain. And he tells the mountain what to do right here. And remember, we read earlier in 1 John 4 that he says, As he is in this world, so are you. So are you. Now, do I believe that? Well, I need to believe it because the Bible tells me that. And so how does that look for me and you as Christians? Well, in Luke 10, 19, the Lord said this. He said, I I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He said, I give you power. He tells us in Mark 16, he says, in my name, you'll do this and this, this. In Matthew uh, 16, 19, he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So once again, you know what Jesus is doing? He's using this as an example and says, all right, boys, 
When the spirit of fear starts knocking on your door, what do you do? We freak out. No. We speak in the name of Jesus. We speak to the spirit. Remember, remember. Fear is a spirit. What are devils? What are, they are spirits. And Jesus said, man, I've given you my name. So we keep reading verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In other words, was Jesus telling them, listen, guys, you're, you're either going to lean and gravitate toward fear or you're going to lean and gravitate to faith. And faith is based on what I've already told you, where fear is all based on the circumstances. Everything about fear is based on the situation. And so right here, Jesus contrasts fear with faith. And he equates right here fear with no faith. So I'm either going to be in faith or I'm going to be in fear. What's the key to that? I believe it's this, number one, that you get in the Word of God. You find out what the Word of God says. And then number two, you start using your authority. You start speaking. Don't permit that. You know, many times you see children that, man, they don't sleep well at night. What do we do about it? Do we deal with the spirit of fear? Do we deal with that or we just kind of brush it under the the rug, under the bed? There's something to this. Now he ends in verse 41 and says, And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Even the wind and the sea obey him. So faith trusts what the Lord says regardless. Regardless. How big the waves are. How big the wind is. It's, it's regardless. And in this passage here, I'm going to have to understand. I'm either going to surrender to fear and I'm going to keep running from it. See, it had been very easy for some of them in that to say, we're going back to the other side. But what happens to that? Remember the definition of fear is flight. So it's always trying to get you on the run. But remember, its ultimate goal is to torment you. And you want to see something really interesting here? This is great right here. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. Then they came to the other side. (laughs) I thought you guys would like that. Then they came to the other side. You know what that means? Exactly what Jesus told them. He said, boys, we're going to go on this little boat trip and we're going to go to the other side. And the ones that chose to believe him and to act on the word and go with him. You know what? They went to the other side. It's the same with me and you. When Jesus says we're going to go to the other side, he's given you permission to do it. But you got to walk it out. i got to walk it out regardless about the situation. Every one of us in this room right now have some form of wave or wind. Some of you say, man, my boat's filling up and i got about a half a nostril out of water. The word working. The word of God working. It doesn't change. So you begin to see. Anytime I get over in fear. Faith is not going to be there. For me or you. Now turn, turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. You can trust what the Lord says. That's the key to every bit of this. You just start trusting what the Lord said. And then obey. If he said he's given me the keys. Then I got the keys. And I'm going to use them. 
And, and with the name of Jesus, if you're born again, you have a right to that name. He died for you to use that name. It says the name above every name. Use that name. Speak the name of Jesus. Wear that name out. Even on the water slide when you're freaking out. Proverbs 3. Now, when I, when I read this right here, this is about an area in my life that the devil tormented me with. And it, it was in the area of, of sleep. I had a hard time sleeping for a number of years because I was tormented on what I was going to do. And what I mean by that in my sleep, it was nothing to walk outside. I, I, could, go, I could go through the neighborhood. I mean, just bizarre. The, the torment was even to the, the degree of pulling a knife on Shelly one night. And when I woke up and I'm standing there, I remember as an 18-year-old that I woke up one night in my house when my brother was still there, and he's on top of a dresser, and I've got a belt. And they turn on the lights, and I look around, and I'm thinking, what is going on? And my brother said, I'm going to kill you. And I'm looking like, what did I do? So it, it wasn't just a little bit of sleepwalking. It got to where I was tormented. Now, even in that situation, when I would wake up the next morning, you think you're resting. I was wore out. You know why? I'd been up roaming the neighborhood like a cat. Seriously, guys, just, just crazy stuff. So what'd you do, Pastor? I had to find out the things of God in the Bible. Let me get right here in the light where I can see. So verse 24, it says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. You can go to bed without fear. Now, you know what that is right there? That's a promise from God. And when God says you, you can lie down and you will not be afraid, he, he means it. Just as Jesus meant, boys, we're going on to the other side. So you know what? You can choose to believe it. You can choose to grab a hold of it. And then he said, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. One translation said, your sleep will be sound. Now remember, the goal of fear was to torment. It was to immobilize me. It was cause terror and dread. And that's the same. And so I begin to see this right here. And I begin to speak this out of my mouth. And you know what I'd say? I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I'll have sweet sleep tonight. I'll have sound sleep. And if I woke up in the middle of the night, and some of you said, I bet from the first night you slept like a baby. Not. But I kept speaking to the mountain. I kept speaking that promise. And if I woke up in the middle of the night, I'd tell you, I'd tell you in the name of Jesus, you will not torment me. In the name of Jesus. I take authority over you, spirit of fear. Remember, he said, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. And I'd say, God has given me permission. I'm going to stand on that in the name of Jesus. And those, you know, So he said in verse 25, do not be afraid of the sudden terror. Now, you just put yourself in this situation. Whatever in your life causes sudden terror you will not be afraid of the sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes 
And you know what? That gives you another insight. When terror comes to torment you, remember this. God's not the author of the spirit of fear. It says right there specifically in verse 25, nor trouble from the wicked. The devil is the one who tries to ambush us with these things. And he'll keep on as long as he can keep you on flight. As long as he can keep you running. You know what he says? We got him running. We got him running. You know what freaks him out? Is when you turn around and stand and say, in the name of Jesus. I'm not running no more. No more. No more. Verse 26. For the Lord will be your confidence. The Lord will be your security. And will keep your foot from being caught. Now what a promise from God right there. And so what happens here is for every one of us, i got to go back into the Word of God, and I find things that apply for the situation I'm going. And when you know when you know it's causing torment and terror in your life, you don't have to put up with it. But i got to get over, and i got to stand in faith. And i got to believe, and i got to trust this. I'll tell you guys, when, when I knew I had a call on my life to preach, I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. And then one day it hit me. I got to stand in front of people. I don't like people. I don't like to do that. I'm a freshman in college. I take an F in a class because I will not give an oral presentation. I begged the teacher. I said, let me do extra work. Just don't let me in front of people. Sorry, Charlie. I took the F. I thought, I'm not doing that. And so the first time I ever preached before people, it was in front of four people. Four whopping people. And I got behind this massive podium so I could hide. My knees were clanging. I was freaking on the inside. All day I'm freaking. And I remember saying, Father God, you promised in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things to you you got to help me through this. And everything within me wanted to run. It wanted to flight. I can't do it. But something happens when God comes on the inside of you and you just say, okay. And guess what? There are times in your life, do it afraid. It's okay. Step out. All right, Father God, you tell me I'm going to do it. And before long, you know what? God will begin to bless you. God will begin to help you. God will lead you through. But whatever in your life that is causing that torment, it ends. Say enough in the name of Jesus. Stand up with me here. Woo. That's some good stuff right there. That'll set you free right there. I encourage you, go back and read that passage in Mark and just, just watch what Jesus does. And you know, the Bible says, imitate him. Imitate Jesus as he was, as he is. So am I in this world. He's the potter, I'm the clay. He's the creator, I'm the creation. You know what happens? I just keep getting back in the oven. And he keeps working on me. And he keeps changing me. And anytime fear shows up, uh uh-uh, not in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.